Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group. Featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents, you'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hey, everybody. It's Matt Johnson. We're back with another episode of the Level Up Podcast. We've got Greg Harrelson here. We've got a great guest. Todd Tremonti is here with us out of Dallas. We're going to have an awesome conversation because Todd has really walked this journey from agent to entrepreneur, owns the company, and we're going to talk about uh, the journey from from going to agent all the way to entrepreneur, owning the business, running an indie brokerage versus what he's done in the past with the franchise and all of that good stuff, as well as how to really build systems for a legitimate real estate business to the point where really recruiting is his only body bottleneck to you know virtually unlimited growth so this is going to be an awesome conversation so first of all let's welcome in greg fresh off the uh the mike ferry management retreat off of a red eye flight goodness greg what is up today? Uh, yeah yeah that's all true man i got on the plane about midnight last night in california and uh woke up in detroit and uh flew from detroit to here and about uh uh, a shower and a little bit uh, to eat, and uh, here I am, man. So, yeah, I was at the Mike Ferry Management Retreat. It was fantastic. For those of you that uh, have never really been around Mike Ferry, you need to check him out. I know he's a little scary, but check him out. He's got some good content. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, Todd, welcome. We appreciate you being here. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be a ton of fun. I've enjoyed listening to a bunch of the other episodes while I'm working out in the morning and taking notes. So I'm excited to share whatever we can and learn at the same time. Cool. Yeah, man. Well, Todd, just give people a quick breakdown, kind of what your team structure is, where you're based at, and just briefly kind of uh, how you got to where you're at today, and then we'll dive into the details. Yeah, holler at me if I go too fast or too long, but uh, we love it, man. We have a ton of fun here in Dallas, Texas. We're just on the edge of Dallas and, and Richardson. And uh, I started almost exactly 15 years ago. Uh, I got licensed while I was in college because we were flipping houses and we got to the point where we were doing six or seven a month. And it just seemed stupid to me to not be licensed and pick up some of those commissions. I never, ever, ever wanted to be a real estate agent. In my mind, the word realtor meant, you know, kind of washed up third, fourth, back, backup career person working out of the backseat of their car, winging it, barely making it. And the sad reality, or I don't know, the reality is that in a lot of ways, that opinion hasn't changed. And so that kind of propelled me uh, after graduate school. I went to seminary for a couple of years. Uh, I've always done youth ministry. So I got I got interested in real estate, to be honest, because I've been flipping houses and it worked. I could still go to lunch and summer camp with high school kids and it was a good fit. And then I really fell in love with it. I wanted it to be a business. I didn't want to be one of those guys just winging it. And so I bought a franchise and we did well with it, um, but it was not the right fit for us. And so after five years, I had already had probably two and a half years of mentally building what I wanted to build and and creating that vision. And so for the last 10 years or so, that's what we've been doing. And the pendulum has swung from at one point owning kind of a flat fee limited service franchise to be in what we would consider, you know, offering world class value and a lot of times being compensated uh, better than most. And uh, so we've got a small team. I own the brokerage, but the only people here are my team. Uh, I don't want to kind of farm people and have hundreds of agents. I want to be invested in the lives of our people and have them be deeply invested in our clients. And uh, we want to be backed by great systems and we want to be really, really efficient. But the one thing that makes us a little bit different that people tend to be drawn to us for is that It's not our goal to break every world record with just total units sold. Of course, we want to be profitable. We want to make great money. We want to help a lot of people. 
But uh, we were really kind of obsessed with that idea of unusual value, what we call world-class value. And um, we want to do that at great volume, but um, we'll be just fine if we do that at a high level and don't end up in the Wall Street Journal or something like that. So um, <laughs> we have a lot of fun doing it. We want to do it uh, the best way that we possibly can. And so I'm happy to share whatever I can that would benefit others and, and learn when I can, too. Well, but there's a lot, there's a lot that we can dive into. All right. So first of all, just for myself, I'm curious because you, you said you're not interested in farming out agents. You keep your team essentially to just who the people that you want to pour your life into and you want to personally manage, even though you own the brokerage. So, so what's the difference for you? Why did you decide to go indie, even though you had no plans to kind of build this massive team of agents? Yeah, and let me let me correct myself a little bit. Obviously, there's some leverage in our business. We have some other leaders. I don't want to strangle this thing to death and act like I need to touch everything. I, I appreciate leverage, and we've certainly grown beyond that. I'm not in production anymore, that kind of thing. But I will say, you know, some of the areas where I I've grown just kind of obscenely focused and really passionate are. Um, on both ends of the spectrum, you can see the customer, the client is what we call them, really get left behind, right? So you can have somebody pound their chest about their awesome marketing and they do 900 deals a year and you just, you never hear or see or sense any, any concern for the actual client, right? And then on the other hand, you can have the most well-intentioned, passionate, heartfelt people that just don't know how to provide more value to the client, right? So I don't, there's nothing wrong with selling a thousand houses as long as you're doing that well and the client's getting real value. And I don't, I don't have any ill will towards somebody on the very front end that's still just trying to figure that out. I just want to make sure our big passion is that we do this at a higher level. We want to operate like a law firm or a CPA firm. We mm -hmm. don't want to operate like a used car lot, you know, and that's, you know, who does, right? But right. Uh, hopefully that answers your question as to why mm -hmm. we've kind of found ourselves on kind of the upper mid of that spectrum, wanting to be top producers and highly profitable, but never sacrificing that world-class value for trophies. Cause you know, trophies don't feed the family or go on vacations with you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Good. So where, like, so tell us how, how many people are on your team? Did you say nine? Yeah, total of nine. And, and really it's about half of that is outside sales. Um, so we've yep. got four or five, depending on how you look like. We've got a okay. unique role on our team we call agent in training. So we usually have one one or two people in that role. Uh, we've got one inside sales person fully focused on that. And then we've got, we're in Dallas, Fort Worth. So we have one outside agent over in Fort Worth that's not with us in the office every day, but absolutely is on the team. So uh, total of nine, yeah. Right, yeah so how, and how agent. far is that? I'm sorry, Matt. How yeah, far is Dallas, Fort Worth from... Um, uh, like when you say outside of your office that you're in Dallas and Fort Worth is just what about an, an hour, hour away, away or yeah, about yeah, an hour yeah. away. Okay. Yeah. His name's Robert. He just doesn't drive here every day and sit yeah. physically. We do a lot of video chat and a lot of FaceTime and a lot of conference call stuff with him, but he pops in a couple times a month and is absolutely on the team. Um, so that's the only difference there. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. I know yeah, well, I was just going to go back to the agent and training. So is that like, um, do you bring them in as almost a hybrid where they're making phone calls and serving like a short-term ISA role before they move up into like a full-fledged agent role? Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, Greg will love love how, how we think about it because that's a completely nurture-focused role, right? Okay. So that person is coming in and they're there. They're there 
help the team build. They're not to do. So pipeline, they're filling our database. They're filling our follow-up system and, and, and uh, task list with um, nurture follow-ups, right? So they might be circle prospecting that. They might be calling um, – they might call a warm lead once in a while, but that's really not – they're there to build that pipeline, learn the discipline of being on the phone, following a calendar, following a system, learning the skills of sales, and therefore – 40, 50 transactions that when they're technically on their first deal, they feel like they've got two years of experience. And so really everybody in the whole process benefits. And I wish we would have done that much earlier than we did, but we're enjoying that and everyone's benefiting. Very cool. Okay. All right. So let's talk about uh, some of the systems that you've installed. Cause we mentioned at the top of the show that kind of the, the only limit effectively is just the recruiting. And of course you have the, the mindset, the mentality, the obsession with a certain level of client service. So that, that inhibits you from right. necessarily going out and recruiting a hundred agents that you know, you're not going to, they're, they're like herding cats. You're not going to be able to deliver the, the level of service that you want to. So you keep it small by intention, but how did you get to the point where if you wanted to, you could scale up massively? Like what, what kind of systems are your agents running on that are good examples yeah i mean i just from a general thought perspective it, you know in the early days of my business leads were the problem right i mean that was years ago when all the all the turn it on turn it off turn it up turn it down internet stuff just wasn't there but obviously and and thankfully we're at a point now where leads is not leads are not the problem you know and what what you call a lead and the quality of a lead is a conversation we can have or probably for another day but the point is we use we use online buyer you know IDX home search lead gen so we use real geeks a lot of you guys are probably familiar yep. with them yep. um, we can turn up the volume on buyer leads kind of all day and every day and we, we target pretty specifically we're obviously looking for a slightly higher price point and a higher quality buyer but we've got thousands and thousands and thousands of those in the database and we bring in more every day on the uh, what we call the marketing side most people call it the listing side. We do. Uh, we have a very high repeat and referral rate. We do a lot of uh, radio marketing. Uh, we do a little bit of event marketing, and then we really do our very best to take you know obscenely good care of our past clients and what we call our raving fan club, which is not an original term either. Um, as a matter of fact, Friday in a couple of days we'll take uh, we'll take a hundred plus people out to a minor league ball game, and then um, we do pies in November. So there, there's a lot. And so as far as you know actual marketing. I'm happy to tell you more if you want, but there's a quick snapshot on kind of how we're providing that opportunity to those people in addition to, you know, good old fashioned, high quality, high profit, repeat and referral clients. So what's the makeup of your team? Like listing agents, buyers agents, or do they, because I think you, um, you're one of those that believe in specialization as I do. Um, yeah. Can you kind of touch on that a little bit and just share with us the makeup? Because I think, I, you know, I, I see a lot of people building teams where it's like everybody does everything. Right. And I've never been a believer of that. Now with, with, in my situation, people always point fingers at me and say, Oh, Greg's going to dictate what you do. No, I never say I'm going to dictate what they do, but I do believe that there are personalities that are better for one versus another. And I will bring that up as a conversation and let them choose. And yeah. usually they actually fall on one side or another, but how, what is your thoughts on that? And how do you handle that? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm trying to decide if I'm afraid of the word dictate because you know sometimes I do. Yeah. I and appreciate you saying that actually. Well, well, here's the reason why. You, you know, you said you've never, you've all, uh, you've always believed in role specialization, and I have too, with one exception. 
when I was young and dumb and uninformed and I didn't have a mentor and I didn't have someone to lead me, well, you know, I thought I could do anything and I was wrong. I was better at some things than other things. And I think I'm the kind, I'm one of the harder people to, to lead, right? Because I'm confident. I believe I can do just about anything you put in front of me, but I'm going to be wrong sometimes, right? And I'm going to be better at some things. And when you, when you, like you said, you evaluate somebody's personality, you evaluate their skill set, their attitude, their level of intensity, their focus. And then you say, listen, man, I know you're young and I know you want to do it all, but I, young in the business or young at age doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I tell you from my experience, man, if we put you over here and I put some fuel on your fire, buddy, everybody wins. Okay. Now I know you've got four buyers in the pipeline, but I'm telling you, you are wired to go do 80 sellers this year. Right. And that's where personality profiling comes in. A good interview process comes in. And I'm not embarrassed to say my belief is that God gives each of us unique gifts and abilities. Right. And so you can recognize that you can call, you can give some other source credit for that. But my belief is that God wired you and made you to do some things well. And he wants you to depend on community and company and teammates and other people. And so on our team, I try to do only the things that only I can do or that I can do best. Right. And I want to, I want to treat agents with the same respect. Look, I'm not going to ask you to do things on opposite ends of your spectrum of giftedness. Right. I mean, if you're great on the phone, if you're great face to face, but you are not really, really great when something gets stressful and intense, let's, let's see if there's a role where you can excel. I tell people, if you show up tired, exhausted, I want your instinctive response to still be the best thing for your role, right? So if you're just automatic at jumping on the phone and what we call running into the fire, like if there's a problem, I go straight at it. You might be a pretty darn good agent. But if your instinct is to run and hide in the corner and hope somebody else solves that problem, you might, there may be some administrative role for you, but you're probably not going to be a great agent. And for me to say, hey, you pick, let's see if it works that harms you and it hurts me and everybody loses. So, yeah. you know, the word dictate is kind of a scary word, but I think we're called to lead these people. We, ha- we, we, we are, we need to steward the resources and the people, the relationships of our business as well. And I don't apologize for saying to somebody, listen, I know you want to do that, but here that's, that's not going to be a good fit. And I wish I you the best. So, I, I think it's you- a great way to look at it. No, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. And, you know, and it's usually my competition that's trying to keep people from actually leaving their company and come right. to my company that are going to use right. the language like dictate. Um, and, yeah. and, and the way that I really do it in the office, I'd be interested to hear how you do it. But I actually do not comment for the first 30 days to 60 days on what my opinion is as to which side of the fence that they should actually fall on, whether it's be listing or buyers. Now, I have an opinion probably right. after five minutes of talking with them. Right. <laughs> but the reason that I, per- I personally wait uh, 30 to 60 days is because when I go in too early, and this is just my, my, my thought and my processes, when I go in too early and say, hey, you should be, you be, you would make a great buyer's agent or you make a great listing agent. When I make that move, if I'm the first one to make that move, then I end up owning that decision. So what I end up doing is I, I actually watch them and then you'll start to see, they'll, I'll teach them some things about listings, teach them some things about buyers, give them buyer leads. About 30, 60 days into it, they start making comments like, oh my God, I'm so tired of working with these buyers. They're running me ragged. And I just take a mental note. 
And it's like, interesting. And then the next 30 days, you'll see that they start to spend a little bit more time on the listing side and they start actually pulling back on the buying side. And then that's when I, when I recognize that I, then I bring it up and say, Hey, you know, I was just observing. You know, my opinion is this, but then I'm observing you and this is what's happening. And then usually they spill the beans. It's like, man, I don't want to work with buyers. Well, fantastic. Well, how about let's turn our, our focus on writing a business plan on how you can reach your X amount of a uh, number of deals or, or the monetary money that you want to make in the next yep. 12 months. And let's skew that business plan based on this side of the transaction. And then at that point, they're almost thankful that I'm let, letting them off the hook and giving them permission to actually do what they enjoy versus actually try to grind and, and, and make yeah. money and chase commission checks where they don't like it. Um, yeah. That's how I do it. But so how do you go about it? Like yeah. how, what is the characteristics that you're, that you see that Todd's like, Hey, it's time to talk. Yeah, I love that. And that's kind of the intention of our agent and training program, right? Yeah. Hey, we're going to have you come in. We're going to have you shadow, watch, learn, ask questions, go through our online module training uh, sit down face to face with me, role play, practice, make some mistakes, make a little bit of a mess, get in, you know. So the point is, I'm watching, they're getting a feel for things. Like you said, three, four, five minutes into our very first preliminary phone interview, I go, okay, this guy sounds like a, she feels like it. But they might even have done enough research on us to know that we specialize and say, hey, I think I might be great. I'd say, great. Well, you know, we'll see. I'm not going to force you into anything. Let's just see if the gifts line up and the opportunity lines up. We're always talking about fit when we're hiring. You're not mm-hmm. good or bad. We're just looking for a fit. And if we're not like an obvious, oh, my gosh, if we don't do this, we're both idiots kind of fit, then we probably should not do this, right? Um, and I, I just don't like to play the game of, well, let's hire them and put them in training. And if they don't make it, you know, they'll move on. We put too much energy and focus and care. To, my wife tells me all the time, you can't solve everybody else's problems. You can't care more than they do. Well, you know, I, that's just the way it works sometimes. Guilty. You, know, you try to you try to fix people and grow people and help them, but it sure, heck, it sure as heck's a lot easier if they start out with that desire and that hustle on their own, and then you just try to direct it, like you said. So it's very similar to yours. Um we know what we're looking for a lot of times because we are smaller. We know where we have an opportunity, but there is always an opportunity if somebody's great, right? So we might say, look, we really need to pick up one or two buyer agents. We're not really looking for a marketing specialist. But if somebody comes in here and 30 or 60 days in, they're going to be a killer marketing specialist. We're going to make room. We can go get leads. We can make room for them. So it's very similar to what you do. We use disk profiling. You know, we try to check some references. We do at least a three-step interview process. And then once we get them here, we put them in our onboarding system, which is backed by Infusionsoft. And then we do some manual training, some automatic training, some offline, some online, some face-to-face, some out in the streets. Um, but we're, we're watching and we're taking notes and we're getting a feel and we're asking for feedback, you know, all the way through. So I, I, I think it's very similar. Well, I like that, that train of thought. Yeah, well, you know, maybe offline sometime we can uh, trade some notes on onboarding through Infusionsoft because I do all my onboarding through Infusionsoft. And so I'm sure we could 
share some checklists there and, uh, and, and both learn from each other. So what about, you know, a lot of people that are, are building these teams and whatnot. And I really love the way that you're doing it because you're, you're really truly an entrepreneur. You're a businessman that is, you know, we're, I'm going to call it building a team because everyone, that's just the language that everyone's speaking right, right now, but you're just a businessman building a business, which is yeah. what I love to, to, to talk about. What it, from leads though, you know, how important are you providing leads when it comes to building a team and for somebody who's starting off building a team and thinking, well, gosh, I'm going to have to provide leads. What are some of the sources that you feel like they should really be tapping into to provide that value for their team members? Yeah, I think it's an excellent question and I, I, I could probably answer it four or five different ways. And I'll just start by saying you got to decide what kind of team you want, you know, what kind of value you want to deliver. I don't think there's necessarily, there are some wrong ways to do this, but then there's a lot of right ways to do it. And I'm, I don't force my way on anybody, but for us, I tell people we're building a three pillar business, right? Pillar one, I'm going to basically hand you some opportunity. And to be really honest with you, don't screw it up. I mean, that's pretty much how that's going to work, right? Like you just need to be a caring, intelligent adult and you should be fine with those. <laughs> Pillar two, we're going to work mutually together. I'm going to provide some systems, some tools, some resources. You're going to provide some hustle, some hard work, some growth, some, some energy. And then pillar three, you're pretty much out there working your personal sphere of influence, your network. Now I'm still going to provide tools and resources in that third pillar. You can log them into Real Geeks or Infusionsoft. You can use our text messaging system. You can, I'll pay for the stamps if you want to send some stuff out. I mean, I probably do too much in that regard, but those are the three main pillars. Now, let's say you're looking now really aggressively at your third pillar. I think you should have two or three things that you do inside your third pillar to go build your business. You might have two or three things inside that second pillar. So for example, the second pillar most popular one on our team is open houses, right? I literally provide the signs. We'll help with the marketing. You just got to show up, run the event, collect some leads, and then you do your follow-up. Pillar three, you might uh, love pick a college, University of Texas football, right? Get involved, host a couple of parties a year, watch some games, get connected with people, follow up, and sell some houses. You know, pillar one, you might literally log in in the morning, get into the dialer, and call expireds. You might call FISBOs. You might call buyer leads. You might call home valuation leads. Um, you might respond, you know, if if there's a sign call that hasn't been followed up with, somebody's in trouble. But let's just say there's a voicemail or something, you might jump on that. So I'm trying to answer your question with giving you the specific lead sources, but also kind of the mentality that we want our team to have. Other team leaders might say, look, I want to provide training and equipping, but you need to generate your own leads. I don't think that's necessarily wrong as long as compensation makes sense and, and everybody understands what they're doing. But look, I love marketing. I'm a, I'm, I'd stay up all night thinking of cool ways to do this and to qualify and segment and, and have people raise their hand and only be following up with people that have raised their, you know, all that stuff. I don't need every one of my agents to be passionate about that. I want them to be passionate about taking world-class care of their clients, and I want them to do that at a high rate, you know, at a, at a, at a pretty solid volume. So um, there's a little wiggle room there, but basically three pillars. Mostly those are traditional lead sources. Radio is one that we do that not a lot of people do. 
Um, we run ads. I'm, I, I host a few shows for other people as a guest expert, as a real estate expert. Um, and then we're real close right now to probably going ahead and doing our own show, which I've turned down six or seven opportunities because I don't want to do a radio show for ego. I want to do a radio show for lead generation. You know, it, it helps with some other marketing. But in our world, I think kind of dream, dreaming up this illusion of branding is a little bit silly. Um, we're not Coca-Cola, you know, we're, we're local businesses and, um, you can do branding as long as it's alongside of lead generation is kind of how I think about it. Yeah. I hope the audience, Matt, I hope the audience really, really listen a few times to what Todd just said. And I'm going to give you some interpretations of, of what I just heard because I think it's just phenomenal. This three pillar, that's one of the best that I've heard when it comes to a way to describe the value. So here's what one thing I'm very present to, um, and I want the audience to know this is I, I whether Todd articulates this articulates things this way or not, I believe Todd is very clear that he has a big responsibility to deliver value to his team members. In other words, he is looking at his team members as his clients that he has to actually serve and deliver value and, um, and not because he's afraid of losing them because what I get is because it's his duty. So that, I mean, for those that are looking to build a team, to run, to be a leader. I mean, I just think what you just shared show, this is like a great example of leadership. Then he breaks down pillars one, right? Pillar one, and sorry to paraphrase, but, um, and I, I, and I took a lot of notes, but it's talking about what he's going to do. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, basically give you leads. I'm going to set you up. Just don't screw it up. Right. And then he said, pillar two is like, okay, and then I'm going to provide systems and you provide hustle. So pillar one is, here's what I'm going to do. Pillar two is, here's what we're going to do. And pillar three is, here's what you're going to do. Now, I'm sure he doesn't dictate that, but he influences what the, the third pillar is. So it's an I, a we, and a you. And I think if he delivers and then we deliver and then they deliver, Hell, you're going to have, you're going to be successful. Everyone's paying a critical part of the growth. And, um, that's the true win-win. I, I wrote down on top of this. This is a success formula for actually rolling people in, getting people onto your team and, and, and saying, I'm going to share value. I'm going to deliver value. We're going to create value and you're going to deliver value and we're going to win in the end. So I, I just think that that's fantastic. Awesome yeah. Stuff. Thank you. I appreciate that feedback. And it's funny that you say that. <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm working on not interrupting and always thinking while I'm listening to people because that's my instinct. And while you were talking before, I thought I was going to explain to you that the way I see it and the way we try to develop leaders on our team, right? So I want the key leaders on our team to think of our team is my client, right? And then our buyers and sellers are their clients, right? Now, of course, they're my clients too. I, I don't ever want to discount that value. But if I take really, really great care of our team, if I lead them, I train them, I equip them, then they will then go and lead and equip our clients really, really well. It's the best for everyone. And I don't apologize about that. If I get a call from a, from a client, and this happens very rarely, but it happens, and they, they're upset with one of our agents, my default is almost always to defend our agent, right? The customer is not always right. I know my agents, and I know they bust their tail for our clients. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be some correction, and I'm not going to do whatever we need to do to keep the client happy as long as it's reasonable. But you're exactly right. You nailed it on the head. I just wanted to double down on that. That yeah, If we lead our companies this way, people love working there. They want to stay. If, if my goal, I tell our team all the time, my job is to make sure that each one of you hits your goals. 
right? Now, if your goal is crazy, I'm going to help you align that. If your goal is low, you're not a fit to work here. But my job is to help you hit your goals, right? Now, each of you has a goal. We add them up. That's our goal, right? As long as your goals hit my minimum expectation, I'm not worried about what my goal would have been. My goal just became the total of all of our goals right now. Like you said, I'm going to help direct and lead people towards what they're capable of. And I hope next year they're capable of more than this year. We have core values painted all over the wall so that they know our, our ever diminishing weaknesses, right? What's weak today won't be weak tomorrow. But anyway, I love how you said it. I liked hearing you say it back and uh, makes me proud of what we have. And I appreciate your kind words. Uh, It just gets me fired up to, to keep, keep hustling, you know? Yeah, no, it, it's a fantastic job. I, I really, I, I'm, I'm going to, I've already, in my mind, I've already created a template on actually how to actually share that with, with, with agents. I'll share with you what I, what I come up with. Yeah, we'll swap onboarding and you can see how we unpack it a little bit too. Yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. All right. Well, I'm uh, in the last few minutes that we have left. There's a, there's a bunch of different directions we could go down, but I would love to uh, to go a little bit into just the the radio part of the marketing on the on the yeah. listing side. And just um, you mentioned that you've done some things. You're thinking about doing a show, but you don't have a show yet. So what are you guys doing? And you don't believe in branding. You believe in direct response marketing. So how are you making that work in the sense of radio being a direct response tool and not a branding tool? Yeah, so sure. let me give you kind of the, the hard answer, and then we can unpack it if we have time or if you want me to. But I believe radio is one of the very best direct response media we have left. People still feel comfortable in the car, listening to the radio, picking up the phone and making a call, right? Now, of course, we're doing web stuff, and we've got custom domains, and we track everything, and we source it all. But um, radio has been around forever and ever and ever. It's fairly simple. Um, it's a good way to target it's not the best way to target, but it's a good way to target kind of kind of psychographically age, income level, um, interest level. Uh, it's a broad geographic deal. Now, that's that's a challenge, but it can be a good thing. Um, but our big radio thing is based on kind of our one kind of USP, unique selling proposition, what we call a key differentiator. Um and it does have a branding element to it. That's fine. But I just think you can only do branding on the back of direct response, on the back of lead generation. If I don't get some information, if I don't get an opt-in, if I don't get an opportunity, then I'm just wasting time, energy, and money, right? I can never only brand. And so our big radio deal is we guarantee to sell your home over the average price and under the average time. Guaranteed, period. Any house, anywhere. Okay. Now you've, everyone listening's probably heard of your home sold guaranteed or I'll buy it. That's fine. This is just our variation of that. Mm-hmm. We have found, uh, we used to do your home sold in seven days guaranteed, period. And we did it. We still average 4.4 days is our average right now. And we average 8.6% over the average sales price for our market. Not over asking price, because that's a bogus number, over the average sales price. True to the numbers, anyone can look it up. And so we're proud of those numbers. To be honest, if we if we updated it all the time, it almost sounds too high. It sounds unbelievable. Mm. So we just kind of use the, the the number that that is easily provable, and we don't even exaggerate. We don't even stretch it. Um, but my point is, overunderagent.com is our website. Now, people can go there. That's fine, but you're going to totally screw up my tracking numbers for this month. But that's okay. <laughs> um, all, all that <laughs> everybody go there right now. Yeah. 
Well, I, I'll, I'll give away a domain for some free, for some info, some actual actionable stuff in a minute if you guys want me to. It's totally up to mm-hmm. you. But that's where we send people from the radio. And of course, we have some tracking numbers. We're on two different stations. But what I'm telling people on the radio is listen, most sellers in this market could sell on their own if they wanted. Now, it would be a nightmare. It would be hard. It would be right. crazy. But, but they selling isn't the problem. Selling yeah. isn't the problem. The problem in this market is, believe it or not, there's a bunch of sellers high-fiving each other that they sold really fast and they got their asking price, but they left a bunch of money on the table. They didn't sell high enough, right? So not only are they not getting enough, it's taking too long. Now, you might have been under contract in one day. But when that thing fell out of contract twice and didn't close on time and got delayed and financing didn't work, not because they couldn't get the money, but because you weren't prepared for an appraisal or to get through a closing, that actually took you forever, right? So we guarantee to sell your house over the average price and both both and under the average time. That's our big message. Believe it or not, we track the heck out of this. I believe passionately in live human being answering the phone, but it didn't work as well as straight to voicemail. So our radio goes straight to voicemail. It's transcribed. It gets text and emailed to all part, all important people, our inside sales guy. And yes, I let our inside sales guy re- respond to lay down high quality radio leads because he's really good at it. He jumps on, he gets right back to him. We get it scheduled and we have an incredibly high conversion rate on those. Uh, and a pretty decent percentage of them are both sellers and buyers. So I'll answer whatever else you guys want about it, but, um, yeah, just tell me what else. How else can well, I, I, I have one question, Greg. Do you want to do you want to unpack that before I get to my question? Yeah, I would, you know, I would be curious as to um, without going too deep into it and, and and revealing any secrets, but in the event that you don't reach that goal and you don't sell it, um, yeah. you know, is it um, a reduced commission or what? What's what's the kind of the uh, the guarantee on on the other side of that? Yeah, here's the good news. One time in my career, I had to pay that off. Um, and we kept, we, we, we continued to work with them and sold the house. They were just kind of a stickler on the guarantee. That's fine. Yeah. So I usually tell people, you can pick. I'll give you three choices. You can fire me on the spot. You don't owe me a penny. I spent all this time, energy, and money. I'll go away. Number two, I'll send you and your family on a vacation and I'll pay for it. It's usually you know, five day, four night cruise for two adults, whatever. Yeah. Uh, number three, I'll pay your title policy for you. I'll pay some of your closing costs. I'll pay, you know, I'll throw, I'll throw some money at this thing. But that's at closing. That's when we're finished working together. Right? Un- un- understood. Yeah, understood. Yeah. So that, 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 uh, that's fantastic. Thanks for thanks for answering that question. Um, yeah. and, and that that's a perfect answer right there is just to give the audience a few ideas of, of where yeah. you can go with that. Because because a lot of times I think I've seen programs like this where I don't think there's a lot of integrity behind it. Now, I'm not saying the programs in general. OK, I'm just saying I have seen certain people use them and I feel like there was a lack of integrity behind it. Um, but you I just you really made it clear to the audience that this is completely, um, you know, up above water and, um, and full of integrity. So thanks for answering that. I yeah, think that was I agree good with for you the 100%. audience. Yeah, I agree. My one frustration with the guarantee with the, with the USP is that you cringe when somebody brings it up. You cannot have a key differentiating primary marketing message that when somebody says it, you go, oh, no, and you don't want to talk about it, or you have 87 bullet points in the small print. Look, it just, just yeah. be able to get it out in one minute and feel good about it. And if you can't do that, go find a different marketing message. It doesn't have to be mine. It doesn't have to be Greg's. But that's what I do when I consult with agents is I help them craft that. You, you can copy whatever you want from me. 
but then make it fit you. If that doesn't feel good coming out of your mouth, if that if you can't have integrity with that, if you don't get excited when somebody brings that up, then don't do that. You know, take some of it and we'll bend it to you. But I think people get themselves in big messes. Um, you know, Tony Robbins, every good teacher says, look, go, go model people that are great. But model doesn't mean copy blatantly. Like you don't have to copy 100% of it. Take the 68.5% that's great and then bend the rest of it to your gifts, your skills, your passions, your work style, your team or whatever. So anyway, I get on the soapbox here. What else can I share? <laughs> my, my one question on that was on, on the radio ads themselves. The When you say you, you tested it for voicemail versus having a live person pick up. Did it change the ads or did you just change it on the back end uh, in, in the sense that did it change the response because people knew that it was a recorded line versus actually getting a live person? They were more likely to call in. Therefore, you got more leads. The answer to your question is we tested it both ways. And I hate testing. I just want to hurry up and get it done. Right. But I've learned that's a very stupid and expensive way to do business. So <laughs> so we tested it where in the ad we said you don't have to talk to an agent. Just call our recorded message line. That did not work as well. We tested, um, uh, if you're thinking about buying or selling, give us a call. We'll sit down and talk. That works the best for us. Um, and we tested, call us now, and we're not going to tell you what happens when you call. That worked second best. And then we did all those with a live answer and all of them with quick pickup voicemail. And a voicemail that picks up after you know a couple, two or three rings, we found to be the best. And then believe it or not, we also found that we, we, t- we on the voicemail, we said, give me your name and your phone number. Actually, we don't ask for a number because we capture it. Give me your name and leave me your email and spell it out for me two times. Believe it or not, that's the best quality. But it doesn't matter if they don't leave it because we captured the number anyway. And we're not going to call if they don't want us to call, but we're going to call and say, hey, it just looks like you called. We have the exact same response when we call someone back who did not leave a message versus when they did leave a message. There's no fallout. There's no difference in conversion whatsoever. So I think we chalked that up to a lot of these people are in the car or they're in between because they heard us on the radio, which is a medium, a media and a medium. You're not tuning in at 8 p.m. at night on the couch on purpose. You're doing that kind of in passing. But that's why we do it on AM radio because people are are tuning in with the intention of paying attention. On FM, a lot of times it's background. AM, they tuned in because they want to hear somebody talk. Mm, that's a good yeah. nugget there too. That is great good. one. Great one. Yeah. Great one. All right. Well, we could easily do a part two and part three, but uh, we gotta we gotta shut things down so, at some point. But the man alive, <laughs> that was that was deep. That was, uh, well, that was some good stuff. Yeah, and those are some good radio nuggets based on me screwing this up and not wanting you guys to screw it up. So <laughs> if, if, I, I'm happy to give some of those tips away if y'all want me to. I've got a, I got a link where people can get some of this on radio. Um, when people hear our radio ads, they want to know our seven secrets to selling homes over the average price and under the average time. Uh, and I'm happy to share that with agents if they want to kind of model that. When we help yeah. when we help agents build their systems, they're, they're trying to build this kind of stuff into it. So if you go to Todds7Secrets.com, so just T-O-D-D-S, the number seven, secrets.com, Todds7Secrets.com. All you do is put in an email, and then I'll, you'll just get what the people are getting when they when they come in off a radio ad or a video. We use some video ad stuff too, but you'll get to see what our potential clients are seeing. This is kind of tweaked for an agent so you could see it from our perspective, how to offer it. But really it's the same exact video content that a, that a seller would see when they want to sell their house over and under. That's awesome. Thank you for that. 
Cool. Awesome. And guys, I put that uh, that link down in the Facebook comments and we'll include it in the show notes. If you guys are listening to this after the fact or watching on YouTube or anything like that, it's it's in the show notes for uh, for the show. So that first of all, that's awesome. And uh, and yeah, Todd, we've um, it's been a while since we touched base, but I, I love what you've built in the sense of like getting back to the leadership conversation briefly, just how you really focus on your duty as a leader to provide certain things to them and put them in the best possible position for success. And one thing that I, that I love that um, that Frank from Viral Marketing has said for a long time is you have to care more about their success than they do. Like that is, that is being a leader. Um, and so I, I love that part of it. So with that, um, we'll get ready to shut things down. Greg, you want to remind people where they can connect with you? Yep. As always, just, uh, you know, email me direct Greg Harrelson at gmail.com. Happy to answer any questions that you have. I do kind of look at the Facebook page. So if you guys have comments and questions, um, I, I chime in and answer those questions. So feel free to, uh, to, uh, to reach out. Be glad to help. Awesome, guys. And make sure to, uh, if you want to, to get into some of the marketing automation stuff that both Greg and Todd are running, um, me and Greg did a marketing automation kind of a get started video. So if you guys go to theleveluppodcast.com slash free, you can pop in your email, subscribe to the show. And as a free thank you, we send you uh, free access to that. It's like a 25 minute training on exactly how to get started in something like an infusion soft to start identifying those leads that are already in your database, begin to segment out your database into different uh, lists like Todd referred to. We didn't have time to go super deep into that. But if you want more information on that type of thing, uh, and guys, if you want to see what the end result looks like, like what the goal is, go back and listen to the Jan Pittman episode where Greg and Jan talked about how they take, you know, 25, 30 listings a month between the two of them, mostly from inbound leads that like, that's the Holy grail is people calling up and saying, Hey, would you like to come list my home? Uh, and that's what marketing automation can do for you. So anyway, with that being said, guys, we appreciate everyone that's watched live, everyone that's listening or watching after the fact, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Todd. 